Good morning to each one of you. Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. Happy New Year. And blessings for 2023. It's hard to believe that we're through 2022 already. It's It's been a year, that's for sure. Uh, a lot of change in our lives. and uh, But God has been faithful, and I just thank God for that this morning. I count it a privilege to bring the message this morning. Um, if I did my research correctly, I think the next time New Year's Day falls on a Sunday is 2034. So the odds of me preaching on a New Year's Day, a New Year's Day message is um, up there pretty good. So I count it a privilege to bring the message this morning on New Year's Day. And We got a whole year before us, 2023, and to me, it looks pretty big. Um, I tend to look at it as, well, what will this year bring? Uh, what's what's it going to throw at us next? But I came across this quote, and I I want to I want to transform my thinking a little bit. Um, it says, "Do not ask what will the new year bring." But what can I bring to the new year? So just putting that out there for you all. Um, let God work through you in 2023, and uh, he will bless you in that. So as I pondered what to bring this morning for a New Year's message, kind of geared toward that, uh, I had to think of, uh, New Year's, uh, people tend to make goals, resolutions, uh, maybe they evaluate their relationship with their spouse, with God, um, or other people, whatever that might be. And I think it's good to do that, um, just to kind of recalculate where am I at. But to me, it's not, it's not necessarily easier just because it's 2023 to, um, it's not easier to establish goals like, okay, we start over here. It's, it's going to be so much easier. It's not that way. It's, an, it's, it's another day. Um, we're still going to face challenges. So I was running along the lines of how do we maintain those goals um, or resolutions or, or walk with God? How do, how do we stay in focus going through 2023? We're still the same people. We still face circumstances in 2023. We, we didn't change. Um, so how, how do we maintain that? And a few, few words came to mind. The first one is perseverance. Another one is endurance, and another one is patience. Perseverance is a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. So as we go through 2023 and 
we face things uh, that are thrown at us. It's important to just continue on, to persevere. And endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. Now, I'm not sure exactly, I guess in my mind, difference between perseverance and endurance. Perseverance seems to be more action involved, um, moving forward. Whereas endurance, I picture as sometimes you feel like you're in a circumstance where you're not moving at all. And that is just to stand firm um, with God on your side and just endure what you're facing for the time being. And patience, or being patient, is bearing pain or trials calmly or without complaint. <coughs> that's, that's easier said than done for me. So I've titled the message, Running the Race. And uh, I kind of picked this out before this week started, and this week threw a lot of things at me that I didn't see coming. Um, so it was real for me to just work through this message. One of the first things that happened was Monday morning, my truck left me, said transmission went out. That's never fun. And uh, Monday night, we looked at the church building and started getting excited about that. There was, we decided to have a men's meeting. And uh, Wednesday, um, our car went for needed service. So my wife took that to the garage and my two-year-old nephew was admitted to the hospital with pneumonia. I'm like, what's coming next? Uh, then I got a call from the shop at about the car, and they said, everything looks good but your transmission, and immediately I'm like grabbing my heart with one hand and my wallet with the other, and <laughs> they said it needs serviced. I'm like, okay, good, thank you. I, I didn't know what's coming. After a bit, it just feels like the whole ceiling's coming down. I'm not you know, looking for pity or anything. I'm just saying that trying to work through this message, it's, it, was, it was real this week. And then uh, Wednesday night, of course, the Brotherhood decided to move forward with this church building, and I knew there was going to be a lot of work involved through that. And it was good, and it was a lot of new things. Um, but it was good. God is faithful, and I just want to thank God for that this morning. So running the race. You can turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And so this, this message kind of seems like a lot of action involved, and I, I, I did appreciate the Sunday school lesson this morning uh, on rest. So take that into consideration. We do need rest. And as we were going through that Sunday school lesson, I don't know how many of you know Pete Lewis, but he he had in a devotional, uh, it might be a couple years ago, um, kind of down the lines of rest. 
he him and uh, several brothers, I believe, from church were helping with a cattle roundup out in Oregon somewhere. And Sunday rolled around, and the other fellows who were not professing Christians, they were going to go do their roundup and uh, on Sunday. And Pete and his friends said, no, that you know, it's Sunday. They're going to stay and rest. So they stayed at their uh, campsite or whatever it was, and the other guys went out. Well, the other folks came back that evening to Pete and his friends, and their day had just been terrible. Nothing went right. The, the roundup was just, it was just a mess. They had some horses that went down. and So, yeah, that, that blessed me, and I had to think about that as we went through that. So as we go through this passage, just keep in mind, we do need rest. And God has created us for rest. So running the race. First of all, what is this race? And I believe it's everyone who has given their heart to Jesus and said, I will follow you for the rest of my days. We are committed to this race. And why would you run this race? What is the purpose? Um, first of all, it's to bring honor and glory to God. And if we are faithful, in the end, there is an incorruptible crown waiting for us. And how do you run this race? How do I run this race? So we'll get into that. Okay, this time I think I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, Whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So going back up to verse 1, the first part of that, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And I believe that goes 
It's referring to chapter 11, the, the heroes of faith. We have all those who went before us, who have run this race before us. It is possible with the help of God. He starts in verse 4 of chapter 11 with Abel, and he runs through a very familiar people who have run this race, and I, we don't have time to read that. But I think most of you are familiar with that. In 30, I'm going to read chapter 11, 32 to 38. It just shows you what some of these, these people went through. 32, and what shall I say, more say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, and escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and of scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. These were all people who held out faithful to God. And most of those just seem like stories to us. Um, maybe more recently in history, uh, maybe you have grandparents, parents, friends that have run this race. Maybe they're, they're gone or maybe they're still in the race. Someone that has inspired you to run this race. Oh, just look, look at everyone that has done this before. It is possible by God's help. A great cloud of witnesses. And keep in mind, if you are in this race, there is always someone looking to you. Someone is following you. And it is a blessing to be surrounded by brothers and sisters that are running this race as well. Wherefore, seeing we also are combat, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. The next part of that verse says, Let us lay aside every weight. Is there weight in your life? I know this week I've felt like a lot of weight. And that can turn into worry, it can turn into anxiety. Uh, not fully trusting God with what's coming at you. And the writer here says, we're to lay it aside. He's, 
he separates it from sin. So I believe worry and anxiety and all that can become sin, but this isn't necessarily sin. It's, it's just weight, something that's keeping us from running this race efficiently. We're carrying something we shouldn't be carrying. And I had to think um, of a few illustrations. I did some backpacking, nothing real serious in my youth. But the goal was that backpack was to be as light as possible. So when you're going down the trail, you're not carrying more weight and it's not holding you back. You're going to be efficient. So you're not having two cast iron pots hanging off your back. You know, you keep that, you keep that at home. You figure out uh, how to pack um, so you can be efficient. And there's, I don't get into biking, but these people that bike and they do it for competition, I'm told that some of those carbon fiber bikes you can lift with your little finger. That's how light they are. So again, getting rid of that weight to be efficient, to keep us running. And sports cars, race cars, you name it, most of those are just shells, basically. Again, for efficiency. So this morning, am I carrying something I shouldn't be? Are you carrying something you shouldn't be? Give it to Jesus, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And that laying aside, lay aside there has more the idea of casting off. In my mind, I picture it as you're throwing it. You're not just laying it down. You're getting rid of it. You're never coming back to that. You're giving it to Jesus. Let him carry it for you, casting all your care upon him. And in helping you to lay, away, lay aside that weight, and maybe it's easier for you to share with somebody, a brother, a sister in the church. Bring, bring people into your life that are willing to help you along. Choose friends who are committed to the same race. Make wise choices. Drop certain activities. I don't know what that is in your life, but a weight, if there's a weight in your life. For myself, I have down to lay down my phone and pick up my Bible. That's something I want to work with. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weight I can get rid of. It moves on, in the, and the sin which does so easily beset us. That, that word there, beset, is, you can translate it in snares, or captures, or traps, or catches. As, we run, as we're running this race, there's so many things that grab our attention off to the side. Um, the Christian race in, involves a lot of hard work. And it's important for us to cast off the sin that wants to trap us.
Stay away from it. Fight it with the power of the Holy Spirit. If there's anything that is endangering your relationship with God, it needs to be cast off. Cast off the sin which does so easily trap us. Moving on to the last part of that verse. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So we are each given a race in this life. I'm running my race, you're running yours. And that looks different for everybody. You look at your brother, it looks like he's running downhill. He's not having to do much work. Or you look at another brother and he seems to be struggling uphill all the time. But it's important for us to focus on our race. Now the beautiful thing about the Christian brotherhood is we can help each other in this race. And I don't want to minimize that at all. But we are each running our own race. And that run with patience can be translated perseverance. And that is that continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. There's no, no room for turning aside. Um, there's no room for turning back in this race. But a continued effort to move forward. Run there, run with patience, came up as to run or walk hastily. And, or it said to have a course. And I had to think of that if, if uh, we're running without any idea of where we're going, that's, that's not good. We need to stay the course. We need to have a purpose. And then something else, I wanted to research a little bit. Uh, what's the hardest part of running? So I looked that up. And it was not ex I was not expecting the first article I read. Um, said the hardest part of running, and this is physically, the hardest part of running is getting out the door. I was, I was not looking for that. I uh, was not expecting that. But it is true. Every, every morning we wake up, we have a choice how we're going to run the race today. Um, I just challenged myself too often. I get up, and it's another day. And like I said earlier, you know, not looking, okay, what's, what's today going to bring? But what can I bring today? So just a challenge. Sometimes the hardest part is getting out the door. But it did, later on, I did find the hardest part of running is the first mile. So I don't know how that applies to the Christian race. But I believe if we... As a new Christian, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging the whole way through. But I believe the more we, the closer we come to God and his word, I believe that will make the race easier. Going down to verse 2. And here is, I believe, the key. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. 
So if, if we don't have a focus in this Christian race, we're going to end up off the trail. It's not, it's not going to end well. But if our focus is on Jesus and Jesus only, uh, it's definitely going to make our race a lot easier. Because Jesus ran this very race himself. He came to this earth and he endured much during his time here. So keep your focus on Jesus. It's, don't focus on yourself or focus what's off the path. But keep your focus on Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. He completed this race. He started this race and he finished this race. He's our perfect example. And I just think of that as I was going through that, a song just kept coming to my mind. I was just going to read the chorus of that song. It says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Uh, very true. The minute we... T- take our eyes off Jesus. You all know the story of Peter um, when he said, bid me come on the water. The minute he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the waves around him, he started going down. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. Jesus had something set before him. He knew when his race is finished, he knew what to expect. He endured the cross because he loved us, and he knew it would restore a relationship with us between God and man. He knew it would restore that. And that's what was set before him. And he knew after that was finished, after he endured the cross, after he rose again, he would be set down at the right hand of God. He was glorified after he had endured. And I, I believe we have that before us as well. If we hold out faithful, if we endure this life for whatever God brings into our lives, if we run this race and we are faithful unto death, God will glorify us. And that, that is in heaven someday. Verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye become wearied and faint in your minds. So, like I mentioned earlier, this, this race is real. It's not a, it's not a walk in the park. Uh, we tend to become discouraged or just weary. We face a hardship that looks impossible for us to go through or it seems like more than we can handle. 
as, as you go through that part of the race, just remember everything Jesus endured because of his love for us. And the, the, the good part is we're not alone. Jesus has run this before. He was the author and finisher. And he is walking with us through this race. He promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And we are also surrounded by brothers and sisters who are running the same race. We're not alone. Looking unto... For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye become wearied and faint in your minds. Verse 4, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. The writer here was telling the Hebrews that it, it's, it's hard, but they haven't yet suffered to the point of death here. I mean, there, there are those who have since this writing, I'm sure. But that kind of goes for us here today. We haven't given our lives to be burned at the stake. Moving into verse 5. 5 through 11, I kind of lumped together. And this is where God brings things into our lives to correct us, to train us, to discipline us in running this race. And verse 11 says it well, Now no chastening for the present seems, seemeth to be joyous. None of us like to be disciplined or corrected. And training can be hard. When God brings things into your life, how, how am I, when God brings something, something into my life, how do I respond? That's what verse 11 talks about. Nevertheless, after it yieldeth the peaceable, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And in my Bible, exercise has the word train beside it. Are we being trained by what God brings into our life? It is meant for our good. How am I accepting God's discipline in my life? Do I accept it with resignation? as, well, this is just it, I'm going to have to deal with it. Do I accept it with self-pity, and it's unfair, and just kind of grumble about what God has brought into my life? Do I get angry or resent God for what he has brought into my life? <coughs> or do I accept it gratefully and allow it to bring forth fruit? God is training us for this race. He's bringing things into our lives to make us stronger.
Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. This is Paul to the Philippians. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. 2022 is behind us. 2023 is ahead of us. And Paul says here he's, he hasn't reached the point to perfection. But he's forgetting what's behind. And he's reaching forth to the new things God is bringing into his life. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And in Revelations 2.10, the last part of that verse says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. May we, as we run this race, just keep our focus on Jesus, allow the things that come into our lives to strengthen us, to bring fruit in our lives, and we're, we're all running together. Reach out to the brother or sister that seems to be struggling and just come alongside them. And again, just looking to Jesus, for he has run this race before us, and he knows exactly what we're going through. And just challenge as you look down. We have this new year before us. Just run the race with patience. Shall we bow our heads for prayer?